Daniel is a book, uh, he's considered a prophet, right? And Daniel has been taken from the city that he belonged to. Another, uh, another conquesting country came in, King Nebuchadnezzar, the king of Babylon, if you're familiar with it. And they've defeated Israel, and they've taken a group of people as slaves back to Babylon. One of those people is Daniel. And so he has every reason to be upset, every reason to be complaining, every reason to be losing, so to speak, in life. And here's the situation that we find Daniel in. He's selected to be one of the king's more or less slaves to present in the court. You, you've heard of like the, the court jester and all the different people in the king's court. I'm not saying Daniel was a jester. But my point is people had all of these positions in the king's court. And they trained for years to be uh, in that position. And so, so Daniel is made a slave in the king's court. And this is where we find ourselves in Daniel chapter 1. Daniel is being trained for three years, and the king has special food and special wine that all of these people that are slaves in training are given. But Daniel has a little bit of a different situation in mind. Daniel 1, 8 through 10 Daniel resolved not to defile himself with the royal food and wine. And he asked the chief official for permission not to defile himself this way. Now God had caused the official to show favor and compassion to Daniel. But the official told Daniel, I am afraid of my Lord the king who has assigned your food and drink. Why would he see you looking worse than the other young men your age? The king would then have my head because of you. I know this sounds probably like a strange message to be preaching. As we're talking about winning in life. We're talking about experiencing victory. But the thing that I want to talk to you about more than anything else today is this little word. Three words, actually, in Daniel 1.8. And it's this. But Daniel resolved. But Daniel Resolved. He's got everything working against him. Some of you have a lot of things working against you right now. Some of it's school. Some of it's grades. Some of it's your job. Some of it's your parents. Some of it is your children. Some of it is your house and everything seems to be breaking or your car. and It just feels like everything is working against you. And if you allow life to simply happen to you, you will find yourself discouraged. You will find yourself frustrated. You will find yourself a lot of different things. But Daniel resolved. He made up his mind. Keep that in, keep that in your mind for just a second. The definition of resolve is to confirm, to fix in constancy, to fix in opinion or purpose, to determine in mind, settled determination, to free from doubt. I love that. Daniel resolved, meaning he was freeing his mind from having doubt. Now, I realize that this message might sound very self-help-esque. 
And that's not where I'm going this morning. That's not the actual gospel. But you need to understand that Jesus Christ, when he died for you, and when he gave you the victory that he purchased on the cross, that means that it has implications for you right now. Daniel resolved in the midst of of terrible circumstances to love God and to honor God. The context for Daniel is not that somehow scripture says that you shouldn't drink. That's not what this is about. The scripture isn't saying don't have wine or don't have meat. And this isn't my plea to you to be a vegetarian. If any of you know me well, you know that's not true. I would never ask you to do something like that. This was, this was food and wine that it, it, many theologians believe had been used as, as temple sacrifices for other gods and other religions. Blood sacrifice. And then this food is given to men like Daniel to eat. And in Daniel's conscience, he cannot violate what God has said is right and what God has said is wrong. And he goes to the jailer, the court official, and he says, guys... I'm asking for permission not to eat this. I have resolved not to eat this. I have made up my mind not to eat this. I have fixed and settled determination that I am not going to dishonor God. It will not happen on my watch. And God blesses him and God grants him favor. Some of you this morning if I can just say this, are in great need of a win in your life. Your need is some victory, some good old-fashioned God victory in your life. Healing, a job breakthrough, a financial breakthrough, a, a, a repaired relationship, all of these things that we talk about every week. We need God to show up. And here's what I want you to hear this morning. If you want to experience victory in life, you must resolve to do what's right even when it's difficult. If you want to experience victory, if you want to have some wins in your back pocket, so to speak, we have to learn to do what's right even when it's really tough. If you follow the news at all, This is just kind of a little bit of the state of our world. A young girl got a Kit Kat not too long ago. This was was like a month ago. She bought a couple Kit Kats and was eating that Kit Kat, was loving that Kit Kat until she realized that there was no wafer in her Kit Kat. Can you imagine the travesty of that? Can you imagine just the the devastation just upon her soul. It's true. And so, because of the, and I quote, in fact, I'm, I'm, I, won't, I won't get this wrong for you. Because of the emotional damage that this experience, that she experienced, she's asking Kit Kat to give her a lifetime supply of Kit Kats because of the monetary and emotional loss that she experienced. Now, I want you to hear me on this. 
uh, University of Kansas uh, just has begun banning the use of the word his and her because those pronouns now can be considered microaggressions. Okay? In London, we are now seeing against the law in different places to use the terminology get over it because the words get over it incite violence. Okay? Now, if you're hearing me and where I'm getting at here, the, the point that I'm making is that we have grown as people who show up, so to speak, on the football field of life, and we just find ourselves being pushed over. We find ourselves being weak. I want you to hear this with lots of love. I'm not angry, but you've had to hear this. If you got a Kit Kat without a wafer in it, get over it. It's not a big deal. You don't need a lifetime supply of Kit Kats to make you feel better. Suck it up and get back in the game and use the gifts that God has given you to fight this fight and win a little bit. You have the victory of Jesus and oftentimes we find ourselves cowering, unable to win in life, mowed over by sin, mowed over by the lies of the enemy, that you aren't good enough, that you don't have the ability, that you're not strong enough, that you don't have the capacity. And we whine and we complain rather than actually stepping into the blessing that God has given you when his son died on the cross for you. He gave you victory. And that victory doesn't just begin when you finally die someday. It begins the day you decide to appropriate that victory in your life. If you want to experience victory, you've got to resolve to do what's right even when it's tough. In 2004, I'm going to go out on a limb and say none of you are familiar with Ukrainian politics. <laughs> Call me crazy. But Viktor Yushchenko was, was, was running for office, so to speak. And in the Ukraine, there was some very divisive politics, lots of violence at the time, and there was uh, a lot of uh, uh, toying with the actual ballots, and there, were, there was just crime happening all over the place in the election process. And I love what happens because the ruling party tampered with the results and Viktor Yushchenko had actually been elected. The votes had come in and there was more for him than for his opponent. But the TV station was owned by the current ruling party. And so in order to throw the election, they lied and had the TV commentators saying that the other person was, was actually elected president. And so this is happening on national television. Viktor Yushchenko has more votes, but everyone on TV is saying the other person won. All in an effort to sweep the tide of emotion, get Viktor Yushchenko out of office or potentially out of office and have the ruling party dominate the people. What they did not account for was the person who was doing sign language on live TV 
in the lower right-hand box on TV. We have the commentators giving live television uh, that, are, that are bringing in the results, so to speak. But in the little, the little right-hand box here, for those who, who are hearing impaired, there's a person who's doing live interpretation with sign as the other person is at the desk. And as she's hearing the words coming in, she knows it's a lie. She knows it's not true. And as she's standing there on live television, she begins to sign to the deaf community that what is being aired on live television is a bold lie. In contrast to what's happening on the big screen, she's in the little screen saying, everything that you're receiving right now is a lie. It isn't true. Victor Yushchenko has been elected president. If you are in the deaf community, sound the alarm. Get your friends. Get the word out on the street. You are being hassled. You are being told an, a blatant lie. And what happened in the next coming weeks is we see the, a, a, a tremendous revolt happening with over a million people wearing orange shirts, getting in the streets, and getting the wrong man out of office and the person that had rightfully been elected in office, Viktor Yushchenko. This happened in 2004. You can do your homework and research it. You can watch the news updates on it. The government was forced to meet their demands. A new election was held and Victor became president. All because of one person who is standing at the precipice of decision. Imagine a Daniel type moment. Am I going to honor God in this moment or am I not? Am I going to cave or am I going to stand for what I know is right? I am not. I resolve I am not going to touch this food. I resolve right here in this moment that what is being piped through this television is a lie and I cannot interpret it to you. It's a lie. I won't do it. And for so many of us, we find ourselves caving to the little things. We don't even have a whole election riding on our capacity to tell the truth. Most of you have never been in slavery and put in the king's court and then asked to eat and drink food that had been sacrificed to idols. None of you have done that. But you still have situations day in and day out that force you to make a decision whether you're going to honor God in the moment or not. Whether you are resolved in your spirit and in your mind to give God the glory and to do what's right. If you want to experience victory, you need to do what's right even when things are difficult. Here's what it looks like. A couple of days ago, I don't know why our house is positioned this way or how it happens, but when the wind blows, there's this really scary whistling sound that happens. It's not scary to me, but it is scary to my four children, okay? They don't like it. And we were putting the kids to bed, and it was beginning to rain, and the whistling started. And I thought to myself, oh, no. They're going to be up all night. We got them in their bed, and no sooner had I fallen asleep than I have the pitter-patter of feet in my room. And there's a little face right on the side of the bed, which that in and of itself, by the way, is terrifying as a parent. 
It's a horrifying experience to wake up to someone right next to your face. <laughs> I'm telling you. But that happened. Caroline, and she got into the bed, and Amy had been up, and she was with Beckett. And so Caroline took Amy's spot, and you know, I'm thinking, okay, Caroline's, I'm just going to go back to sleep. But it, no sooner than I had drifted off again than her feet are on, you know, like she's like touching me with her feet or she's rolling over or she's nestled up close and she's breathing in my face. And one thing after the next, and I'm telling you, it was hours of agonizing attempted sleep. And I finally got up and I went downstairs at about 3 a.m., got a blanket, laid on the couch only to wake up at 4 a.m. with her sitting on my feet, Indian style, just looking at me on the couch. I'm like, this is like paranormal activity stuff, okay? True story. And so when my alarm finally went off at 6 a.m., guess what I was? Exhausted. And everyone here knows what this is like. You hit that alarm and you sit up and you say to yourself, this is going to be a terrible day. <laughs> I can feel it. I know it. This is going to be a horrible, horrible day. I'm tired. I'm exhausted. And I don't care what happens. I'm just going to be angry about it. It doesn't matter what happens. I'm just, I, I have resolved to be upset with the day. You know what I'm talking about is true. And to, well, it sounds like I'm doing this. I had the opposite of this moment yesterday, okay? So don't feel like I get this right every time. But in this moment, I sat on the couch and I said to myself, you know what? No. Jesus Christ has done more for me and more inside of me for me to just allow life to happen to me. I'm getting off this couch, and by faith, I'm having a great day today. By faith, I have the life of God in my body. By faith, I may feel tired, but you know what? God has filled me with the joy of the Lord. The joy of the Lord is my strength. God, I thank you that on a day where I probably should be a little sharp and have a lack of patience, I thank you that you've given me the fruit of the Holy Spirit. And I, by faith, am reminding myself that I have gentleness. I have self-control. I have love, joy, peace, patience, kindness, goodness, faithfulness, gentleness, self-control, because Lord knows I need to remind myself on this day, that he has done this, I have resolved in my mind that I am not having a you-know-what kind of day. I'm not letting life happen to me. I'm walking by faith. With me? Oh, yeah. Everybody knows. What if it's something bigger than a sleepless night? What about an ethical thing at work? Many of you have them. Many of you are put in positions every day where you've got to skirt the line on right and wrong. 
And you have to decide. To have victory and resolve to do what's right even when it's tough. Some of you have a relationship that's unhealthy. And what you need more than anything is a little fire of the Holy Spirit gumption. You need resolve. But not just resolve to experience anything. Resolve for God, for his very life to be resurrected in that thing. And you need to have resolve that come hell or high water, this is what you are believing and standing on God's word for. And you claim that and you pray for that and you get off the couch believing that. Survival of a marriage. How many people have looked at their marriage and just decided it's over before they've ever really fought to save it? And they do it all because of a feeling, all because of that little Kit Kat that doesn't have the wafer inside that has left you upset. If you came in late, you'll have to listen to the podcast. There's an illustration earlier. Some of you have an issue of something that you're, you're struggling with when it comes to sin. And the lie is that you're never going to get free. That you can never get out. That you're always going to be stuck. You need a resolved mind to experience God's victory. Don't believe the lie. Some of you just need a good old-fashioned attitude adjustment. Stop walking around whining and complaining. Stop having a bad attitude. Yeah, that's your, how about, how's that for a big idea? Stop it. <laughs> just stop it. Resolve in your mind that you are not going to cave to your emotions, but that you are instead going to follow the Holy Spirit, to be filled with His power, to be resolved. Because Lord knows if you walk out on the field without that, there is an enemy who is trying to steal, kill, and destroy. And he will knock you down. And unless you are determined to follow God, come hell or high water, he's going to take your legs out. That's what he's great at. And you walk around discouraged, you walk around in the slumps, and you're like the team that shows up. And you get your tail whooped time and time and time again. Even though you got the skill, even though you got the talent, even though you got the Holy Spirit, even though you're saved, even though you're a Christian and you've been going to church your whole life, you can have no victory because you simply aren't resolved to experience it. James says this, if any of you lacks wisdom, you should ask God who gives generously to all without finding fault, and it will be given to you. But when you ask, you must believe and not doubt, because the one who doubts is like a wave of the sea, blown and tossed by the wind. That person should not expect to receive anything from the Lord. Such a person is double-minded and unstable in all they do. 
I love this. James, the older brother of Jesus, is reminding people what it looks like to actually have a little victory. Oh, you're struggling with a decision? You're struggling with something? You know what? Ask God, and he will give to you. You know why? Because he is a good, good father. He's a great God. You need wisdom today? Ask him. Oh, but there's a condition. When you ask, you need to not doubt that this God of all gods is willing and going to give it to you. Otherwise, you're like a reed that's swaying back and forth. Oh, God, I need your wisdom. I need your wisdom. I need your wisdom. At some point, your prayer should go from, it should move from, God, I need this, to God, thank you for giving me this. God, thank you. I'm asking for healing here. God, thank you that you've healed me. God, I'm proclaiming it. I declare it today, God. Lord, I need your wisdom. I need your strength. I need your power. At some point, it should shift. God, thank you that you're good. Even if I don't feel it, I'm thanking you now in advance for it because I believe in faith that you're good, that you reward those who diligently seek you, that when I ask for wisdom, that you supply my needs. Imagine a team. Imagine a team showing up for the big game and saying, I really want to win. 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 And there's another team that shows up that says, I'm going to win. There's a difference. There's a resolve in one. And there's still just a a begging, pleading. There's There's actually a lack of faith in the other. The underbelly of the pleading is is that you're not actually believing that God is giving it to you, that he's rewarding you, that he's moving in your life. I really want to win. I really want to win. At some point, you need to stand and say, God, thank you that I win. I win because you win. I'm on your team. Jesus, you have all the power. You have all the strength. And I am hitching my wagon to you. I have a lot more left here. I'm not going to get to it. Stand to your feet. Because your action step this morning might not feel very clear. I'm asking you to resolve in your mind to honor God and to do what's right regardless of your situation and regardless of your circumstances. And you might be thinking to yourself, how do I actually do that? It starts with you getting in the Word and getting in Scripture and understanding what God actually says about you and for you. American Christianity, we have grown to just go to church. But oftentimes we know very little about what the Word says. We know very little about the mission that God has invited us to partner with Him on. I want to say some things over you this morning. 
that just might stir something inside of you. I hope it does. It ought to ignite a little faith in your bones. I am alive in Christ. And the life that I now live, I live for him. I have been delivered from death and death has no power over me. I operate in the same spirit of faith that Jesus operated in. I make my declaration of faith according to how it is written. I believe and therefore I now speak. I speak the things that I believe in accordance with the word of God. I am the body of Jesus Christ, the church, the overcoming one, the anointed one. I have his anointing. Satan has no power over me for I overcome evil with good. I am of God and have overcome Satan. Greater is he that is in me than he that is in the world. I fear no evil for thou art with me, Lord. Your word and your spirit, they comfort me. No weapon formed against me shall prosper, for my righteousness is of the Lord. Everything I do prospers, for I am like a tree planted by rivers of water. I bring forth my fruit in my season. My leaves do not wither. I am blessed and favored in every area of my life. I am delivered from evil in this present world, for it is the will of God concerning me. No evil shall befall me, never, neither shall any plague come upon my house. For the Lord has given his angels charge over me, and they keep me in all my ways. And my pathway is life, and there is no death. I am a doer of the word of God. I am blessed in my deeds. I am happy in the things of which I do. I take the shield of faith and quench every dart that the wicked one brings against me. Faith has enabled me to overcome every hindrance, every obstacle, and every attack. Yes, you can clap. I told you I was going to get fired up and pumped today. Giving you a little pep talk before the game today. Sometimes you've got to get your tail off the couch. And you need to confess the word over your life. You need to stop being blown over like a reed that's just moving back and forth. And you need to take a moment and say, God, I know what's right. I know what's wrong. You have said this about me. And yet I'm living this way. You've said this and yet I'm thinking this way. Satan will take every opportunity to get you to look at the big screen. With a TV commentator feeding you a lie. And if you will just look down in the lower right-hand corner, so to speak, there's another screen with another message. And on that message is the message of truth about who you are and what God says about you. But just like Jesus says, it is the narrow path. And very few take it. Very few walk it. But if you would look and you would see, you will be filled with truth. God's victory. You will win.